Remember the good old days before Microsoft Word had autosave? You'd type up some important document and then your computer would freeze and you'd lose hours of work just because you forgot to hit save? Well, that's what it's like going online without ExpressVPN. Every time you're connected to an unencrypted network, whether it's in an airport, a hotel, a cafe, or anywhere, your online data is not secure. Any person on that same network who knows what they're doing can gain access to your personal data. Bank logins, credit card details, passwords, all the stuff you don't want people seeing. Unfortunately, hacking has become much easier than it used to be. People don't even have to be exceptionally skilled to do it, and there's a lot of money to be made by selling your information on the dark web. ExpressVPN stops hackers from stealing your data by creating a secure, encrypted tunnel between your device and the internet. It's incredibly easy to use. Once the app is running, you literally click one button to get protected. And it works on your phone, laptop, tablet, and more, so you can stay protected on the go. I've been using ExpressVPN for a little while now, and I can rest easy knowing my info is safe and secure. I've heard horror stories of people who've been hacked, and it sounds like a massive pain to try to get any resolution in the aftermath, so I am not interested in finding out what that process is like. Secure your online data today by visiting expressvpn.com slash slashfilm. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N dot com slash slashfilm, and you can get an extra three months free. expressvpn.com slash slashfilm. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Slash Film Daily for Friday, January 7th, 2022. On today's episode, we're going to discuss the latest film and TV news. This is Slash Film Editorial Director Peter Soretta, and joining me on today's podcast is Slash Film News Writer Ryan Scott. Hey, everyone. Ryan, how have you been? Uh, okay, I guess. Uh, kind of have succumbed to the idea that Omicron <laughs> has ruined our life again, and... Um... Like, I, like we're kind of it start i know it's not really the case but it's starting to feel like it was two years ago all over again and uh, it, it, yeah. it feels like we're in like march 11th or 12th 2020 right and which by, is like, by that i mean is like we're seeing things get canceled like sundance was gonna yep. be in person and now it's all online i mean it was gonna be in person and online but they com- they completely cut the on uh, the in-person component of it yeah and that's and two like, weeks before people were going to travel there. They already had their, like, right. hotel. Yeah. And E3 uh, just got scrapped, too, which is in the summer, which is what really made me nervous because I'm like, oh, they're canceling summer stuff now. Yeah. The Emmys, the Grammys. Yeah. it's uh, The dominoes are beginning to fall. Morbius has been uh, delayed for I, – I think that's been delayed more times than Avatar 2 at this point. It's the seventh delay, which is a lot. <laughs> Avatar 2 – Avatar 2 has only been delayed a handful of times. And the thing with that is, like, because they delay it by a lot when they delay it. Like, it's yeah, been like, oh, yeah. here it's another two years away. But, yeah. <laughs> anyway, not, not to not to be all negative, but it's starting to dawn on me a little bit that, you know. Yeah. I, I'm sure this will come back up later when we talk about Scream. Indeed. Well, let's, start, let's start things off with Battlestar Galactica. This is talking about something that's been delayed over and over again. This is a movie that's been in development, I think, probably over 10 years now. Oh, well. I, I, yeah, I, I've been writing about it ever since I think I started Slash Film. So, yeah, uh, yeah it's, it's been a while. Well, there's a new interview with producer Simon Kinberg over at Collider, and he talks to him, and it, it sounds... To, it sounds like, at least according to the producer, who has a, a vested interest in it sounding like this, that it's actually going to happen. 
<laughs> so yeah, I uh, mean that doesn't surprise me that now it's going to get some traction for various reasons, but. Yeah, uh, well, he says that basically this, the script is done. They're reaching out to directors, and it's a humongous film, so the prep is going to be long. So he says if they attached a director today, it would take six to nine months to prep this movie properly. So at the earliest, we'd be shooting at the end of this year, but probably the beginning of next year. So that's, I mean, that's optimistic because that's coming from the producer. But I think the more interesting thing here is, there's not just a movie going on, that there's also a TV series in development, which was kind of confusing when it was first announced. We were like, wait, yeah. isn't there a movie? Like, what is going on here? And the interesting thing here is Simon Kinberg was asked about that, and he says, in terms of the situation with Sam and the show, I can't say too much about it other than there is a synergy between the two enterprises in constant communication between us. We've become close and have been having a really good time together. And there will be, for a lack of a better phrase, and it's an overused phrase, a shared universe. Yep. Now, uh, Ryan, are, are you a fan of Battlestar Galactica? So here's the thing. Uh, I've said this before, and I'll have to say it a lot. Uh, I don't watch a lot of TV. It is to my detriment. I just don't do it. Um Battlestar Galactica is one of those things I have been meaning to pull the trigger on for so long, and I haven't. I am certain I would love it, but I haven't. Uh, but yeah, so the only thing I watched is I watched the original, the original, original, like the 70s, like the pilot for that oh, original. Because yeah. it's like, it was at the time one of the most expensive pilots ever shot. And so me and my old roommate watched it, but that, that was all I've... But I'm aware of the rough story of Battlestar Galactica and very aware of its place within sci-fi fandom so yeah um it, it the original was so iconic in its look because it you know had that ralph mcquarrie touch to it oh yeah and who also did you know star wars of course and uh I, I i never really watched the original other than a couple you know like the the first episode and stuff like that but i, I was a big fan of the i want to say recent <laughs> reboot but it's not even recent at this it's almost point. It's 20 like, years ago now which is hard yeah, to believe almost, yeah uh I'm I'm wondering what are even the movie and the TV show because the reboot that they did was it was weird because they had some characters from the original that were older and then they were rebooting characters like there was a character called Starbuck who in the original yeah. was male and in the reboot was Katie Sackhoff uh, which is a a big uh, that gender bending uh, change was was big at the time yeah. Uh, so I'm wondering, like, you know, which one is which? Is one of these going to be them telling the story of these characters that we know from the TV show and the other going to be a larger thing or a different thing? Like, how do you, how do you think that's going to play together? The Because, the, you know, they supposedly Look, synergy between these yeah, two enterprises. Just as someone who looks at the dispassionate business side of it, um, uh, of course, everyone wants some sort of universe thing, especially now that Marvel has been able to cross over to the small screen, because obviously that MCU model was the model, but now you add into that that Marvel now has TV shows, and that works, That and Star Wars doing <laughs> the same thing, that's the model. So, but I think the model there is, and if you look at like, okay, Hawkeye's a smaller scale story that works on TV, and then like, you know... Spider-Man No Way Home is a model that works cinematically. So I think, like, if I were to guess, 
that Battlestar Galactica movie is going to tell a larger scale story and that show is probably going to take some of those smaller elements and you sort of join them in the same universe, but you try to do it in a way where they can exist on their own. That's my guess. Vague terms, that's yeah, my I w- guess. I wonder if it's going to be connected in more so the universe, but like, will we actually see some of the actors from the TV show in the movie? No, I think they're going... My, my guess know, would be full reboot. My guess is like, because at this point, it's old enough where... I don't know. I think that would be tough. Yeah, yeah. Okay, let's move on. Let's move on to Star Wars. Yeah. Star Wars and the High Republic. This is a publishing initiative that they've been doing for, I think, a year now. At uh, this it's point. been officially a year. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and oh, this is, uh, and this, for those of you who don't know, has taken place, I think, 150 years before Phantom Menace. And it's kind of like the a different time in the Star Wars story that we haven't seen where the Jedi were prevalent and. Uh, yes. Have you been reading the Star Wars? Yeah, so, High so, so yeah. So I before before my time at the at the slash film offices, I uh, uh, we, we don't talk about it a lot here yet. But I, I Star Wars is my, one of my biggest obsessions in this life, and uh, so when that very first High Republic trailer came out, like well before the books were published, I was obsessed with what they were doing. I was like, <laughs> they planned this out like a trilogy of movies, and like it, it's. So I, and I read a lot of the books anyway. So I so I was like a day one Light of the Jedi, which was the first novel in in the series guy. And I really like Light of the Jedi. The only the only criticism I have is that it's pretty dense in terms of characters and stuff. So it's a little like you got to make like a pegboard to figure out who's who. But uh, the stuff I've read in the High Republic, I love. Uh, it, yeah, it's it's <laughs> so the Phase One titles take place two hundred years before the events of the Phantom Menace. Um, what we got the other day was the, the, the announcement of the phase two stuff. So like, which we expected was going to be like closer to Phantom Menace. It was going to go forward in time, but that's not what happened. Yeah. So, so essentially, so what happened is the wave three titles of phase one recently came out. So like they're doing several waves of titles in each phase, which is a little confusing, but, but so the phase two titles which will launch in August, um, are going to be set 150 years further back in the timeline, meaning it will be roughly 350 years before the prequels. So, like, these are going to be, like, prequels to the prequel story they've been telling, which is pretty interesting. Yeah, on one hand, that's very interesting because you don't expect a series to do that. On the other hand... And I've only read Light of the Jedi, and I agree with you. I it's I love Charles Soule. I love his work. It starts off strong. It, it kind of loses me throughout it. But um, I just don't care about any of the characters. But anyways, we, we won't have to – we don't – we don't have to talk about that. Per- perhaps you and um, I could do a special day talking about this stuff. But Yeah. Uh, I think the thing is, is when you get interested in a series like this, you're expecting to see the further adventures of these characters and what happens next and to pull the rug out from under you and be like, nope, we're going to go back in time. That seems like if I was totally invested in this, I might be annoyed. Well, okay. you Okay. So first off, this is something Star Wars does all the time. <laughs> like, the, like Star Wars does not follow chronological order. You know, yeah. like the prequels... You know, four, five, and six came out first. Then one, two, three came out. Then seven came out. Then like 
3.5 came out if you count Rogue One that way. You know, so yeah, it's like yeah. it's all... But so, like, to that end, Charles Soule has already said the first book he's writing is uh, going to be about Porter Engel, one of the Jedis we met in Light of the Jedi, and it's going to be about him when he's younger. So in a sense, you are going to learn more, you know, in that way. You are going to continue that story, but you're going to fill in gaps that you didn't have. So my, my guess is that what they're doing is they're going to do a lot of backfilling in the second phase. And then when they get to phase three, you'll have like all of the pieces you need to have where you can tell that story. <laughs> That's my guess. So That's my guess. Well, yeah, yeah but yeah. I mean, obviously when you're doing like a multifaceted publishing initiative like this, it wasn't going to be clean. Uh, yeah. The one thing I do appreciate, and I will say to Star Wars fans who might be listening to this, is that, like, so I haven't read everything. I did Light of the Jedi, I've been reading the main Marvel comic series, and I read one of Claudia Gray's spinoff books, and um, they all do kind of stand on their own pretty well. Like, you would do well to read Light of the Jedi just to understand where this is all going, but, like, then other than that, I say pick and choose your battles and read what's interesting to you, because they've done a really good job at, like, you know, you can, you don't have to read it all. You can kind of choose what you like, so... Wait, you read the new Claudia Gray book? No, not the new one. Cause no, I'm, no, okay. No, no, because I'm trying... But I read the... Uh, what did she do? It was called Into the Dark, I think. It was in the Wave oh, 1 yeah. titles, which I really yeah. like. Claudia Gray, by the way, is just phenomenal. But but, uh, but yeah, so like, so, so I've been kind of just choosing my own adventure here. But yeah, I always say that... Uh, she's amazing, and I always say if anybody wants to get into Star Wars books, Lost Stars by her is the <sighs> one best. Of just, one of just the points. best Star Wars stories we've had period i think but yeah so that's kind of it i mean if you're if you're into the high republic stuff this is really interesting if you're not into the high republic <laughs> stuff yet i would you know i would i would encourage star wars fans to check it out but yeah it's pretty inside baseball if you're like into star wars stuff yeah. this is pretty like inside baseball but so, so are there going to be discussions after this of like what is the right order to read the high republic series like do you, oh there's already do you those start discussions with these... all over the place there's because like people don't <laughs> but again i think like I think the only failing here is that Lucasfilm tried really hard to make it so, like, you could pick these up and enjoy them individually, so I don't think they sweat too hard. Yeah, yeah. What, like, what, but, but I do think people are like, wait, what, there's so many of these, and what do I do, and, yeah, I don't know, and I don't know if there's a solution to that, but, you know, it, it is what it yeah. is. Okay, let's move on from one side of the Star Wars galaxy to the other, and let's talk about the Book of Boba Fett, which I understand you're not a big fan of so far. Mm, boy, I don't like being negative. Um, <laughs> look, all I'll say is I love Star Wars as long as my memories extend, and Boba Fett is one of my favorite characters. Like everyone It's not else. what you wanted? Is it what anyone who actually likes Boba Fett wanted? I'm curious. <laughs> like, I, look, I, and I don't know. I'm not trying to be negative. I just, I don't think that this is at all, if you were a fan of the character as presented that this is what anyone expected, I, you know? And I'm not saying that, like, art is beholden to our expectations, but, you know, it, it, if you had a certain idea in mind of who this character was based on a lot of subtext and everything that we've been given over the years, that <laughs> I don't know that Vision Quest Boba Fett was what I had in mind. No, I don't, but... Um, I, I mean, it wasn't what I had in mind, but I enjoyed that episode tremendously. But uh, I'm, I'm sorry, Ryan, that you did not have okay. the same. I enjoy a lot of the stuff, like as a Star Wars fan, that has nothing to do with Boba Fett. Like the ex exploration of the Tusken Raiders as like a sort of disenfranchised species on their home planet is fascinating. 
Um, yeah. There's like a whole allegory in there to be explored, I'm sure. But like, you know, some of that stuff is cool. But like, look, you named a show the Book of Boba Fett. You canceled two two Boba Fett movies. I, I got very excited we were finally getting a Boba Fett thing, and I am kind of crushed right now, but that's okay. Yeah, but you know what happened, Ryan, is they came out with this show called The Mandalorian, which was basically <laughs> what a Boba Fett show would be. Yeah. So then you got to be like, what is a Boba Fett show? Oh, it's going to be a gangster thing. I, I guess. <laughs> but it's not yeah. really. I don't, okay, I don't want to do this. I don't yeah. want to about it. It isn't but, uh, yet. Yeah. It isn't yet. Um, okay. Anyways, we're getting sidetracked. We are. Uh, this I, this is okay. supposed to be a short episode. It's that's probably okay. not that's going okay. to be. Uh, the latest story is Tamora Morrison <laughs> is teasing some surprises coming up for the season. And I think honestly, if my biggest complaint about uh, the first two episodes so far is that I was expecting there to be some kind of reveal or some kind of thing that like. It's like, oh, this is what it's about. You know, do you know what I mean like yeah. the like at the end of Mandalorian episode one of, yeah. of season one where Baby Yoda shows up, you're like, yeah. oh, this is not what I thought it was. And well, I mean, I guess we got that here, but we didn't get the like yeah. the big reveal and like what who's the big bad? Like, it's the big bad job of the, the two huts. I don't I don't think so. I think there's yeah. something more play. We're I, not getting I, it yet. Uh, the The lack of like a Baby Yoda reveal is like. That's not even a problem for me because I figure we'll get there. Like that's that's yeah. for and again, like that's that's an expectation thing, but and we kinda sorta got a big reveal, like in a low key way in the last episode. I don't want to spoil it for people who haven't watched it yet, but but Yeah, yeah. yeah. I wrote a thing that so there's that cool Wookiee in the second episode. That is yeah. strongly implying a big reveal. But anyway. Yeah. Um okay, well anyways, Morrison uh, he was asked about, you know, what does the rest of this season hold for us? And he said, yes, full of surprises. The Book of Boba Fett, full of surprises series. He laughed and then he said, yeah, we've got some good stuff coming up. Oh, wait till episode seven. Wow. Yeah. So he's teasing a big major surprise in episode seven. What do you think this could be? Ryan, uh, did you happen to read the tinfoil hat theory that I put up on Slash Film? That, uh, that yes, hit? we we have discussed this this theory on the Mandalorian. I mean, on the Book of Boba Fett uh, recap podcast. Okay. So if you don't want to hear Ryan's theory, you skip ahead. But honestly, we don't know that this is true. And honestly, I don't even think it's true. It's it's very tinfoil hat. I will but say, tell us your theory. I will say the second episode deterred me greatly from thinking that I was right. But the first episode gave me just so like I'll do this as quickly as possible. Um, yeah. Samuel L. Jackson and George Lucas have talked a lot about the idea that Mace Windu is not dead. Um, and I, I buy that. I buy that like. We, you know, we didn't see the body and, you know, Jedi's have survived worst and there would be a reason for him to have not showed up yet. Uh, the timeline makes sense. So why wouldn't Boba want revenge? You know, like, and there was that, that first thing we see in the show is a complete reframing of that scene from Attack of the Clones of Jango Fett dying. You know, that seemed very specific to me. So, you know, if you're going to get a Baby Yoda-esque reveal... How crazy would it be if Samuel L. Jackson shows back up as Mace Windu? And, you know, so that's something it could happen. I wasn't even saying certainly that it would. And the second episode definitely took a little <laughs> bit of wind out of those sails. But it's something that I feel could happen. And that would get you like a baby Yoda level reveal. So, 
you know, a, a Mace Windu and Boba Fett rematch. I feel like whatever this has to be, yes, has to be a big bad, an introduction of something bigger and badder. But like when you introduce Mace Windu, then like do you, do you now turn? Is that like introducing Luke Skywalker in the Mandalorian? And if you make that a major character, doesn't that basically take some wind out of your sails? Uh, the, the main no, character. because I have the suspicion that the Mace Windu thing would resolve itself somewhat quickly one way or the other. Uh, you know, like like you would get a little bit of this. Uh, it would sort of be like the Darth Maul Obi-Wan thing in Rebels where like we, we're happy we got that. It sure didn't last long. Um, you know, uh, yeah. By the way, I feel like we would have never gotten that if they knew that that, o- that Obi-Wan TV series was was announced oh you know by the time that no was... question that's what that show would have been uh yeah. were it not for although i will say rebels is some of my favorite star wars of all time and i love that episode so i'm not like upset about the the way but no you're you're not wrong that like i imagine when they started planning that show they're like well damn it <laughs> but yeah 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 i have no idea what he could be teasing there's been a lot of rumors that uh kira from Solo, a Star Wars story. In See, Crimson I have Dawn issues with that be because, like, the timeline doesn't make sense because you couldn't really have Amelia Clark play her again because the age doesn't make it sense. Can. It's like a what, like fifteen or twenty? Mm, I don't know. You just give, I, I, you know, give her a little gray hair. I don't know. It's yeah, maybe. Bad. Yeah, I guess maybe. Uh, I, look, that would kind of make sense because, like, they've already started talking about crime syndicates and all this stuff and. They've been bringing Kira back in the comics, so like I think they're kind of teeing up that ball a little bit. But the the thing there is like you and me might be excited about that. Like hardcore Star Wars fans who liked Solo might be intrigued by that. But I don't feel like that's like the wow that's more well, saying here. Maybe not, but the the same token though. Like if you didn't watch Daredevil and then like Kingpin shows up in that last episode of Hawkeye, does that mean anything to you? You know, like, uh, you know, that's kind of yeah. where we're at in fandom right now. Okay, let's uh, let's fast forward and let's talk sure. about yeah, yeah. Scream. Uh, Scream is coming out soon, and it was screened for press yesterday. I was invited, but, uh, you know, because of uh, what's yeah, going yeah. on in the world, I decided Be- not to go to the screening. Because reasons. Yeah, because of reasons. But it seems like the early buzz is very positive. Our own Ariel Fisher says, I enjoyed Scream, but Craven's a tough act to follow. Despite being fun and surprisingly brutal, it plays a little too safe to be truly great. The stakes and characters feel thin, and some strange decisions are made. Some major missed opportunities here. Okay, well, to be fair here, Ariel is, I think, one of the most negative reactions. I agree. That yeah, we have here. yeah, hers Most was the first like, I saw, and everyone else's was like, you know, yeah. yeah, it was interesting. Yeah, she she was, yeah. Yeah, I'll give you a couple others here. Eric Davis says, uh, the new Scream is a blast and my favorite since the original. Some sharp writing here. A nice balance of well-crafted scares and amusing commentary of modern horror. Uh, Nate Adams says, it's a bloody good time. Serves a touching homage continuation to Wes Craven's iconic franchise. Um, let's see if I can find some some more uh some people said uh, Wes would be proud. Yep. Uh, Marco Cerritos, uh, Cerritos says, 
definitely better than the sequels in some ways better than the original wow. jesus i didn't see that one yet that's a hell of a <laughs> yeah we have a whole link of people giving their reviews but it honestly our own person our own writer was i think the only negative one here <laughs> so. negative. well i'm curious about i will say I'm curious about what she has to say about the like weird choices were made and stuff. Like I, I, that's what, that's what's got me more curious than anything else. I'm like, Oh no, what'd they do? You know? <laughs> like, but, uh, but yeah, we'll see. Yeah. When, when does this movie come out? Uh, next week, it's the big release next weekend for MLK weekend. So, uh, January and, uh, 14th is the official day. And then like, you know, you get early screenings, January 13th. Yeah. Even, even though it's, it's coming out next weekend and they're doing uh, the press screenings last night, there's been much speculation in our Slack channel of like, are they going to delay this? Is this going to be the next nope. domino to fall? Nope. You don't think nope. so? Nope. Uh, too late. Like it's literally, it's just too late. Like I think, yeah. I think there was, a, I think, I think if they had even like another couple of weeks, yes, it would have been delayed. They were way too far down the tracks. So this this is um this is not a quiet place too. This is onward, basically. Uh, more or less, and also like you also have, you also have to look at like the three fifty five comes out this weekend. It is not going to make a dent in the box office. Nobody gives us gives a damn. Um, no way home will be pretty burnt out by then, you know, relatively speaking. And Morbius got delayed, so Scream is really the only game in town. So you can sort oh, yeah, of play. I, for, it. I forgot to mention last time we talked. We were speculating. I, I was oh, yeah, yeah, that yeah. Morbius could lose out at the box office to Spider-Man No Way Home. Yep, and yep. an hour later, got delayed. Yeah, and what was interesting about that is, like, a lot of people were saying that, like, it had more to do with No Way Home than it did with Omicron. And so maybe you were right. I don't know. But, uh, but, uh, but yeah, but, but with Morbius moving, Scream kind of is the only game in town. So Paramount can play a sort of a bit of a different game. You know, they can sort of rely on being the only big movie people give a shit about in theaters right now and, you know, hope for longer legs. And, uh, yeah, it's, I, the, the the math of it makes a little sense to me. So there's some early projections of how well this is going to do. Yeah. How well is it going to do? Uh, well, right now, the early projections over the four-day weekend have it at about 35 to $40 million. Uh, that would be a franchise best with Scream 3 opening to just below $35 million over a three-day weekend. So if if the new Scream gets to the top end of those projections, over the three-day it looks to potentially beat or at least get close to a franchise best. Uh, and if you look at the budget estimations, you know, there's no official stuff yet, but like somewhere between 30 and $50 million for the budget. So let's just put it in the middle, say it's a $40 million movie. If you win your budget back on opening weekend that math is really in your favor you know especially with no competition in the coming weeks you got a clear path to making it yeah i'm actually surprised that the scream franchise hasn't had a bigger weekend i guess it was just like released in a different time when completely different time yeah i mean if you look at like the first movie the first movie opened to like seven million dollars you know it didn't open to yeah but but it was a different time. It lagged out. It it made more, I think, its second weekend, and then it made like it had very minimal drops. So it you know yeah. it lagged out in a way that a movie can't really do anymore. In the same way that like Avatar made its money in a way that no other blockbuster can make that money that way again. 
Um, you know, and then Scream 2 did a little better. Scream 3 did a lot better. Uh, Scream 4 did pretty okay. You know, it's just kind of like, it's just a different time. Yeah. Uh, also, this I, I often get asked, like, what is my favorite horror movie? And I think I always go back to Scream. I'm not sure what it is. It's not the best horror movie. But I think, like, as a film nerd, I, I can immensely relate to it. I love the meta commentary of it all. And it's great. growing up in the in the '90s, the Kevin Williamson, like the the way people talk, and uh, just just all that, great. Uh, what do you what are your feelings on the original Scream, and what do you think about this new one? It's phenomenal. It's a great movie. I mean, horror aside from like nerd shit is one of my favorite things. And and I think the thing is, and like this point was made somewhat recently, like Scream was one of the most like uniquely marketed movies of all time drew barrymore is the whole thing on that first poster and she dies in the first 10 minutes of the movie like the (laughs) like the the kind of like the bait and switch of that for people to think that like she's one of the main characters in the movie and then to kill her right you know i mean even just that decision is kind of incredible um no it's it's in my opinion it's like pretty close to a perfect movie like i don't know that like i would change a thing about that first scream uh, I think the problem of the franchise is, and they probably didn't know they, they were going to be a franchise when they did this, but no. killing off Randy's character, Jamie Kennedy's character, um, I think he was kind of a heart of that series. Like you kind of need that film, that horror film geek to like give you the rules and like stuff like that. And then once you take that out of it, it just becomes another who is it slasher of sorts. Uh, I share the somewhat unpopular opinion that the ranking of these movies is the release order. Um, I will admit I have not revisited Scream 4 in some time, and given how much people love that movie, I maybe should. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I tend to go just like the release order is the quality scale. Um, I know a lot of people really don't like Scream 3. I You know, Scream 3 works for me. But, but uh, um, yeah, I don't know. I... I I never thought about your point, so I don't know that I'll comment on that because I, I I'd have to ruminate on that idea. But um, I do like his character a lot. I mean, I I just mean in the sequels, like it's not that I like Randy as a character. Like it's not like he was like an incredibly well developed character or anything like that. No, but no, it's but, just the the whole concept of like this meta. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His character, ser- especially in the first movie, his character serves like a gigantic purpose of like. Um, I don't know. I always like almost death. in the sequels. They got like too wrapped up in like there's now a movie based on the thing. Yeah. yeah. In, and then the thing is happening at the place with the thing with the people. And it's like, yeah. OK, this is a little <laughs> well inside of itself. Yeah. Well, because that's the thing is like after you make like a meta horror movie that does well and like that necessitates a sequel. Obviously, you sort of need to continue that thread of commenting on that and. I think maybe that's why people like the fourth one more because, like, it sort of gets away from that a little bit. Uh, the fourth one is, like, a little more streamlined in some ways. Um, I don't know. We'll see. I'm really excited about the new one. I thought that trailer was really good. Uh, there's that shot of, like, the silhouette of Ghostface on the wall that, like, as a single shot is pretty pretty damn cool. Uh, we'll yeah. see. I don't know. I, lo- I loved Ready or Not, the last movie those guys did, and so we'll see. Yeah, I love those filmmakers. I'm excited to see it uh, when it finally opens next week, if if it actually comes out in theaters. But we'll see. We'll see. Uh, you're betting it will. I'm. I'm. I'm... I, I mean, dude, it's too, it's, unless something like really crazy <laughs> happens, like, and I mean really crazy, um, it's too late. I mean, yeah. they've had like advanced ticket sales. You're just too late to pull the rug. The only thing I would see happening 
is that like, and this would be a little dirty. Paramount is Plus. Like, you, well, you're going to let people keep buying tickets this week. And then what you'll do is like at the last minute, say surprise, it's going on Paramount Plus too. You know, like, so they kind of still yeah. let the ticket sales happen. And um, that would be my, like, but that's the only thing I, I think. I don't think there's, I, I, I mean, I would put every dollar I have in my bank account that it doesn't get delayed. So that's, yeah. that's my, that's okay. my thing. Well, you can read more of all the stories we talked about today on slashfilm.com. You can find this podcast on Apple, Google, Overcast, Spotify, all the popular podcast apps. Please send us your feedback, questions, comments, concerns to us at peter at slashfilm.com. And please rate and read this podcast on Apple Podcasts. Tell your friends, spread the word. And we will see you on hey, Monday. I'm so sorry. Real oh, quick, what? can I can I tease something real quick that that like Sh- for people sure. to look out for? I'm so sorry. So we talked a bit about Star Wars today. Monday, look on slashfilm.com. The coolest thing I have ever done is going to be published, uh, and it is relevant to Star Wars fans. So I don't want to spoil what it is. Keep an eye out though. Something Star Wars related. Slashfilm.com on Monday. Very 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 cool. Just adjust expectations here. It's not like big uh, movie news. Or That's true. No, it's not it's like, like it's, yeah. sorry, I shouldn't be clear. It is not like a big movie reveal or anything, <laughs> but it is if you're like, if you're like a hardcore Star Wars fan, this is a very cool thing uh, like I am. So it's not like, yeah, we're not making some big reveal, but no, it is. It is a neat thing for, for people who are very into the franchise as I am. Very cool. Everybody out there, stay safe. Have a good weekend.